0: From the doctor, one I don't remember the name. <laughs> Welcome to M class email. The one from the doctor, one I don't remember the name. <laughs> oh man, I'm like fucking fried! Man, I got like two hours of sleep. I don't know where I am. I love that joke that no one's going to get but us. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll leave it in this time. Maybe I'll just fucking leave it in. Fuck it. Welcome to M Class Email, where we sit down with emails from you and we read them and then we uh, we react to them real good. We say cool. We emailed <laughs> good today. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Josh. And joining us on this episode is literally fucking nobody. You got your hopes up, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, shit. You just fucking wrecked their day, dude. (laughs) They're like, Kevin? Oh, 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 no. no. (laughs) It's like... Alex Kurtzman? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. Oh. Uh, Alex Kurtzman. We could have him on. Yeah, he would love that. Our uh, first email Mm. of the evening is from Mr. Jack Carpenter. Oh, handsome email. Handsome email. <laughs> it's entitled, trick Boys. Oh, old school Trek Boys. <laughs> what up, Treksters? It's your boy. How's life? Pauses for a response. Anyways, I was wow. thinking about video games the other day. Specifically Star Trek games and my lack of knowledge of any good ones. I know Josh yep. loves him some STO. But other than that, what Star Trek games would you recommend? Star like, Trek Armada 2. Yes, Star Trek Armada is a, 2. It's a good is game. A great game. It's like uh, it's like fucking StarCraft, right? Yeah, it's like a strategy game, right? Yeah, R- RTS, right? Yeah. I Yeah. F- he, he mentions, I feel like Trek would be cool as a strategy game. I'm sure those exist, but I'm not aware which ones are good. That's a great one. <laughs> That's a great one. It has uh, John Luke Picard, the real man in it. John Luke Picard? Yeah. John John Locke Pickard, uh, he does the voice Hell of yeah. John Locke Pickard. If you want, and you go and you uh, fight the Borg. I remember the story. Oh, that's awesome. Well, if you yeah, want like cool. more of an adventure game, there's a point and click game for PC called. It's just called Star Trek, but it's usually released these days under Star Trek 25th Anniversary. Okay. And it is written by writers from the show, and all the characters are voiced by the actors who played them. It's oh, that's TOS. Rad. And you uh, go on these, like, uh, episodic adventures, and it's like a point-and-click game where you, like, make decisions and stuff, and how you make decisions affect the outcome of the episodes. Oh, God. I'm going to really, be bad at that. It's really fucking fun. It's a really fucking fun game. And I've always wanted to play the, like, Star Trek Voyager shoot-go-bang-bang game. It's like an FPS. Yeah, But I've yeah. never been able to it was- get it to work. Yeah, what is it for? Elite Forces PC? is the name of. Elite it. Forces it's for PC. Yeah. I've never been able to get it to work. But I I weirdly confuse that game like with the uh, the Bounty Hunter Star Wars games that they were coming out with for a while. Oh like, yeah. I, I think there's a Star Wars Elite Forces or something and it's about b- Bounty Hunter probably. And I, and I feel like I made up the Voyager one. Like, I just pretended that was real, but it is real. <laughs> it is real. You play a Starfleet security task force that's been put together to stop uh, Borg invasion. Oh, my God. What a, The heavy is the shoulders, the head. What? It's, that wears the crown? Apparently there's, like, the way it is is there's, like, one Borg cube, and it's, like, trying to infiltrate different locations around the Federation. That's, like, poking around. Yeah. And... Uh, the second one takes place, uh, like, on Voyager. Well, no, it's fucking, it's it's not around the Federation, it's around the Delta Quadrant. And you're put together, you're Voyager crew, but you're like an elite task force of security officers. <laughs> when did they get that? Is that where they got the idea for fucking Mako in Maybe. Enterprise? I don't know, but like in... The Makos? The second one, I think, takes place in the Federation, and I think you work with Picard in that one. Uh, they had some really good stories and games uh, for both Star Trek and Star Wars. Like oh, Star Wars has a shit ton of good st- games uh, with good storylines. I was joking around with Kevin uh, the other day, and I was like, because he was linking me to all this KOTOR shit that they're gonna do, and I was like, yeah, the movies are over, so now we get good Star Wars shit now again. <laughs> That's how it works. I was like, this ha-, I was like, this happened before. This happened with the first prequels. They ended, and then there was good shit. Hey, did you hear that they're um, they're actually trying to get George Lucas to come back to do a trilogy? Are they really? Yeah, they're trying to get like he wants full creative control, and they don't want to give him that. Uh, he's like, "I'll only come back if you give oh, me full creative control." What an amazing! What an amazing! That would be incredible, be dude, dude. I'm all for it. I'm to all get for it too. I would dude, love I am that. <laughs> All for it. Fucking do it. Who cares? Who cares at this point? <laughs> Fucking do it. Let's get Puzzles do it. 2. Give that guy six trilogies. I don't give a fuck. Fucking put him back in it. I don't care. Um. Additionally, if you could have a Star Trek game of any genre and any type, what would you like to see? Personally, I think something along the lines of a tycoon game would be cool, but instead of running a zoo or theme park, you're running a DS9-like space station. Oh, what if you could have like a Sim City but it's like a like a Star Trek Sim City for a space station or even like San Francisco. That would be fucking awesome. Or like like uh, you get the feder- you, yeah, you get star you get the city at the dawn of the first contact and then you got to build it up. That'd that be cool. would be fucking amazing, man. Yeah. Like, what instead you of, say? like, <laughs> an alien spaceship coming down and shooting lasers, it would be an alien spaceship comes down and shoots lasers and destroys the city. <laughs> Except you would know yeah. what the ship is. Except you would know it. Yeah, it would be, oh, it's the Ramulans. Oh, it's the Klangons. <laughs> I think I've talked about this before, but I would love a game that's like a combination of like sort of the gameplay from dead space where it's like an old or like a resident evil four where it's like over the shoulder, like uh, yeah, weapons play and everything, but like combined with like a detective game. Oh yeah. Where you play like a security chief that is, you show up to your first day on a ship and something is horribly wrong on the ship and you have to figure out what and what it is. And you have to use, like, interview people you find, like, and, like, figure out what the hell is going oh, on with the ship. Oh, that would be cool. Damn, that would be rad. I would love the hell out of that. I always thought that, like, uh, remember Spore? Yeah, I remember it. That would be a great, uh, like, an idea like that for uh, for Star Trek. Like, you make would your own great. alien species? Yeah. You make, well, yeah, you could make your own, like, Federation, or you could pick humans, but you make your ship, and then you go out and you just, like, first contact like crazy. And you, like, go out and spread uh, the Federation. Do you mean No Man's Sky? I kind of like both of them. They're kind of both like that. No Man's Sky in, is more like... or you make, like, gross animals, and you evolve... Yeah, you're like a... Yeah, you evolve your animals, yeah. So, but they uh, also have, like, a Borg. So does so does No Man's Sky, though. You could do that Has with... Like, using spore mechanics, you could have the spore mechanics go al- along with, like, making ships. Like, the ships yeah. grow and evolve and, like, change. Yeah, you make ships in you- that in that game, too. That would be I haven't played so that long. game in forever. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played spore in forever. I've only seen videos of people making monstrosities. Yeah, like penis penis aliens. <laughs> you can make all the wieners you want on an alien. How many boobs can I fit on this alien? Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's like so much in the Star Trek world that sort of gets like overlooked in that way because like we we want it to be like the shows where it's a captain and a crew and they're like right. going on adventures, yeah. And like I would love like, could you imagine like a sur- like a doctor game like how they made those surgeon simulator games and everything yes. or like yes the trauma games on DS, but it's like Starfleet and you play as like a Starfleet doctor. That you have to, like, cool. solve, like, possession by, like, uh, he gets, <laughs> like, somebody gets possessed by Apollo, and you gotta fucking figure out how to <laughs> surgery that shit out. Riker gets bit by that weed, and now he's gonna have a flashback episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, another flashback episode. Like, you play a Starfleet doctor, and you have to solve all these horrible Starfleet, like, diseases and, like injuries and all this shit. That'd be cool. That'd be fun as hell. That'd be awesome. There's a lot of you could do a lot with it. You could. You definitely Like you could do a like shipyard simulator where you have to yes. create ships. Ships. Yeah. You have to that fulfill orders by creating ships and shit. Yeah. Bureaucracy the game <laughs> <laughs> That would be when they finally make a game about an admiral. You just have to fucking <laughs> yeah. bureaucracy your way It's just called Star Trek Admiral, and, like, there's, like, morality. There's, like, a morality scale. Like you could be, like, a, you have like like a two, bad Admiral. You have, two, like, little uh, meters, right? One of them's morality yeah. that goes back and forth, and the other one is sanity, and it just goes <laughs> down. A <laughs> bit slowly eating away at you. And it, you just keep, oh, like, man. moving towards evil, and you have to keep working to keep from going evil. <laughs> <laughs> the game is super oh, easy if you play on evil, but if you want to stay good, it's super difficult. Super hard. <laughs> there's so oh, man. many there's so many great things that you could do with Star Trek games. Yeah, I'd play them all. I would too. I love Star Trek so much. I love Star Trek so much. Uh, he finishes <laughs> up the email by saying, It's late, but happy new year to both of y'all. Hope your year is off to a good start. Thanks as always, Commander Jack Carpenter of the USS Virginia. Man, it's 2021 already. That's late as hell. <laughs> <laughs> he did send this on the 15th, so it was a little closer. Oh, uh, it's a little closer, yeah. Our next email, next email is from Phantom Thief Goofus. Love that Goofus. Love that Goofus. And it's entitled, (laughs) Hope. Oh, okay. Hey, Jeff and Josh, just a quick and not at all heavy question. (laughs) How do you maintain hope in a seemingly endless hellscape? We seem to be already Hmm. living in a cyberpunk dystopia, but without the cool robot arms. It sucks, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometimes because the people in charge just seem to lack empathy. Sorry to ruin yeah. emails with my bad vibes. Phantom Thief Goofus, captain and founder of Cool Crimes, Inc. I don't know if I have, like, a good uh, <laughs> advice for you. <laughs> I think I've Drugs. I think I've got something. It's, like, what we're doing right now is how you yeah. maintain hope and sanity and a hellscape. You look around and you find people who understand yeah. how bad it is and want to do something to make it better and you do something to make it even a little bit better for people a little bit better yeah like we cre- that's a- we create m class because it's fun for us it helps us like deal with the hellscape we live in but hopefully it also helps you guys as well yeah and to it's hard to make change when everything seems to be working against you it's hard to do things that are really going to change the hellscape around you but <laughs> like, there are little things that can be done to make it better, and there are things that, like protests, v- going out and voting, making sure yeah. that like you're supporting the right causes and everything, stuff like that that, makes, that gives you a little bit of hope because you see how many other people are doing the same things, are struggling with the same problems right. with the way the world works and want to change it. it. You find hope in uh, your own actions maybe your own escapism but you can find hope in the actions of others as well that's i don't even need to say anything i think you you said it perfectly do what jeff says <laughs> just do what jeff always says just listen to jeff he knows what he's talking about i was going to say like smoke weed that does help i'm not going to lie to you i mean yeah uh, you guys are part of like the M class community and a lot of you are in the discord and like a lot of people in the discord sort of lean on each other in those hard times yeah, and find that true. solace and that uh, togetherness. Like you're all standing together against the tide. So it doesn't break as hard on ju- when it's just breaking against one of you. Hold <gasps> brothers. <laughs> <Old> th- <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you, hope, hope for a better future comes from understanding that eventually we're going to outnumber the people who are trying yes. to stop it. I was gonna say, like, I'll promise to, as much as I can to never turn into the things that we hate. Absolutely. Cause I just I I don't think I can do it. You know? It's like that empathy for each other, for humanity and we talked about that in the mental health break that we took in the last episode yeah. that like our bonds are what makes us strong and eventually like those bonds are going to overtake these people who have none all they care about is themselves you know yeah they're going to be the first to, to crumble cuz they stand for nothing Absolutely. right so like they stand for themselves and that's not going to what that's not that's not what's going to last we're too far along in the human exper- experiment here yeah. for us to like start going backwards i think hopefully people every day people are fighting back against the tide and yeah i think like it may not seem like we're winning now it's like a cliche like it's always darkest before the dawn but it's true yeah like it may not seem like we're winning now it may seem like we're being dashed against the rocks or whatever but the tide rolls out eventually yeah we'll see we'll see what happens like we'll uh, yeah I, I, I also have hope in that same way. like this can't last forever. No. So uh, keep hold of those thoughts. like this these dark times can't last forever. light has to come eventually and to find solace and comfort in each other and the things we create for each other. Yeah, live for one another being kind to each other. Absolutely. Hug and kiss us. <laughs> <laughs> Be excellent to each other. <laughs> In time! Our, uh, I fucking love that song. Like, uh, uh, our next email is from Colin Fulmer. Hello, Colin. And it is entitled, Gawk, Rocked, and Bloodwine. Oh, my. Oh, yummy. It is. Uh, he begins, good morning slash evening slash afternoon, track boys. All time exists at once, apparently. (laughs) No matter when you're listening to this, he got it right. He got it right, yep. Unless it's night. (laughs) Unless Uh, it's like yeah. I've been thinking about what it might be like as a human to serve aboard a Klingon ship, as all Star Trek nerds do. Uh Specifically about Klingon cuisine, and while it is often reviled in the Trek world, I always had the impression that it consisted of savory or meaty flavors, which is kind of my shit. What do you think it would taste like to dig into a plate of gach? I bet it, Gok probably isn't very good. No, it's, it's raw worms. worms. <laughs> yeah, and like maybe they put stuff on it that makes it taste all right, but I wouldn't be into that. No. Um, but I'm sure that there are other meat. Dishes are like fucking amazing, dude. Oh yeah, they like they're probably like kings of making meat. Oh yeah, like barbecue kings. Oh yeah, but it's like fucking some exotic ass fucking Klingon spices. In my head, it's a little more like uh like Indian flavored. Oh man, like, that would be great. Or oh, Thailandy, man. maybe just very hot. Hell, hell yeah, eating it would be painful, and they like that, so it'd be very hot. I'm all on board if it's if it's like. Like even like Spanish food, like Hispanic yeah. food, where it's like really yeah. spicy and delicious. Super hot. Oh, God, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that's what I want. Uh, but Gog probably sucks. Yeah, Gog <laughs> is not. This not my thing. It's like how, blood wine. I always wonder what blood blood wine to me is more like a scotch or something like brandy or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's wine. It's too powerful yeah. to be wine. It's like like a hard liquor, but maybe more like uh sweet or thick kind of like a what am I thinking of like a like brandy sort of yeah I could see that um is there any other species whose food or specific dishes you've been dying to try keep your double dicks out of danger sincerely Lieutenant Junior grade Colin Fulmer aboard the USS (laughs) Go Climb a Rock copyright Viacom (laughs) CBS. well thankfully (laughs) you put that in so they won't see you uh I don't know, tube grubs? <laughs> tube grubs. I don't think that would be good. <laughs> like I've always wanted I want to try a jum just stick just to see a how Jum-ja sweet it is. Yeah. Jum-ja stick would be like too much for me. I'd like take two licks and I'd be like, I'm good on jumjistick. Like there's there's a lot of food that shows up on screen that I would like. Like in TOS, all the time they're eating these little cubes. They're always like, yeah. oh, it's so good. I want to try the fucking TOS cube, food cube. <laughs> <laughs> just Like a K-ration, but it's a little bouillon cube, cube. Yeah, I want to try the food cubes. <laughs> uh, I want to try plo-meek soup just to taste what a soup could possibly taste like to, have, to satisfy a Vulcan. I always kind of picture it as like miso soup. I could see that. Like it just tastes like similar to me in my head. Miso seems pretty fucking basic, right? It's like salt. There's, like, fucking salt yeah, and onions. Yeah, true. I would, I would like to plug, um... fucking... the Replicator site that I talked about. Like, oh, yeah. The Replicator Chef. It's like a Tumblr that is full of Star Trek recipes that you could try. Yeah. And all of it looks so fucking good. Like, yeah, I think... I think you talked about that before, and I think I said I, I got Zane the Skyrim book. The Skyrim cookbook. She made you a sweet roll, right? I had a sweet roll. It was good. No, was, bread. Was I had some kind stealing? of bread. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole fucking barrel full of that shit. Pretty much any time an alien is eating their alien food on the screen, I want to try it. Yeah, this isn't in Star Trek, but can I try the food that the lost kids eat in a uh, hook? Oh yeah. The, like hell yeah. Fucking neon colored whipped cream food. I wanna <laughs> eat that shit. <laughs> Man, like the king of like <laughs> television food is like studio Ghibli movies where they show like oh, the extended cut scenes yes. of food. Yes. That shit looks good as fuck. It looks better than any real food could ever look. No one has ever eaten a meal like that. No. That's the thing. Like the ten richest kings in all of history have not eaten meals <laughs> that good. Oh man! Sometimes they just like, show like somebody make rice and put like sauce and yep. meat on it, and I'm like, that looks better than anything I've. Had I want to eat the. Life. I want to eat the fuck out of that. Yeah. So I guess the answer is I would try every dish from every alien. We talked about this on the show, the last show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we talked about how, we talked like, about food. the heart of adventure is trying the foods. Eat the food, get. yeah. Yeah. I would try gawk. Like, it would be hard for oh, yeah. me, but I would You'd try. have to do it. I would not enjoy it. It might make me puke, but I would do it. Like, if I tried it and it's, like, somehow they, like, spiced it real good and it was delicious, I'd be like, oh, shit. They seem to like it on the show. Yeah, like Dax know. eats it, and she's not a People eat line. it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to eat Maybe. tube grubs, though, Josh. <laughs> no, the tube grubs... Any any kind of grub is disgusting. Yeah. I will not eat that. Eventually, like, we're gonna run out of meats and, like, uh, meat substitutes and just have to eat bugs. Yeah, but they'll zhuzh it up so it doesn't look like a bug. That's true. Have you had an Impossible Whopper? No, I wanted to go get one. Dude. I was going to go get one the other day, but I was, like, lazy. I was like, nah, maybe I'll go get one tonight. This is like Jeff P- the Jeff's Food Corner reviews. Come on over to my I Food love Corner, it. everybody. I love the it. The Impossible Whopper, uh, far superior to a regular Whopper. Seriously. That's so weird. It has, like, because they have to do more to it. They have to put more flavorings and everything yeah. to try and make it seem more meaty. Like, so it's better. <laughs> it, it tastes so much better. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like me a whopper, man. Like, yeah, I'll eat a whopper. I like A whopper too is the thing, and too much sometimes. The thing is, if like you just take a bite of the meat off a whopper, you're like, oh, this is actually not very flavorful. No, it's terrible. But if yeah, t- the meat, the meat's bad. If you take a little bad. bit of meat off of an Impossible Whopper, you're like, hey, it's pretty fucking good, actually. Yeah, the meat on a, on any Burger King, on any fast food burger, is isn't good. Yeah, it's just it's just food corner reviews. Thank you, Burger King. I will take my check now. <laughs> Cha ching. Um, I love the idea of there being meat substitutes that are actually good. Like, I yeah, no, I'm all about that fucking rack meat where they just grow yeah, the meat on a rack. Yeah. I don't care. Hell fuck yeah. it, I'll eat it. Who cares? Right? Like, I'll eat it. Thanks for the email, Colin. Our next email is from Newbie. And Newbie? It is entitled, The boys are trekking town. <laughs> My dearest Trek boys. Just wanted to say what's up and had a couple items. One. Okay. I was so happy to see that you were watching one of my favorite episodes from Voyager. It stands out as one of the only Voyager episodes that both has a good question to ask and doesn't ask it in a dumb, ham-fisted way. That's latent image. That's right, latent image. Two? About the doctor who went crazy one time. <laughs> Actually, two times. He goes crazy later on, too, where he becomes <laughs> like a murderer for a minute. So. <laughs> oh, Right. In the last M-Class email, you fantasized a hypothetical Philadelphia where we're still cleaning up from the Eagles' Super Bowl rampage. But <laughs> okay. I need to point out that this is, in fact, our current reality, as I still can't buy a can of soup at my local pharmacy without a giant Super Bowl XXXIX logo on it. Hell yeah, where is that pharmacy? I want to go to that pharmacy. Eagles, 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 yo. The Boyds beat the Pats. Forty-one thirty-three, Yo, fuck their pants. Fuck them. Tom Brady pissed his pants. (laughs) Tom Brady shit and cummed at the same time, and everybody laughed. And we all laughed at him, and then we went home with the fucking Lombardi, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Three, I was also happy to hear that you're fans of The Big Lebowski, which is tied for my favorite movie. My brothers and I actually got ordained as dudists... Priests. And my brother has been recruited by friends to officiate several Lebowski themed weddings. Ten out of ten would recommend. Alright, that's the funniest fucking shit I've ever heard. Dudist priests is pretty is fucking good. Hilarious, dude. I I quote the big Lebowski far too often. Yeah. It's one of those kid. it's one of those movies where like everyone quotes it a lot. Yeah. So like it kinda has like lost its like uh, like power, but like oh, no. that movie it's is still incredible. got its power for me, yeah, I can't no that like, yeah, fuck it, I'd say, I just regularly say out of your elements, yeah, out of of your, that yeah. movie, yeah um <laughs> i'll I will save everybody is this my your homework quotes, is this your homework, Larry? is this your homework? <laughs> I say that all the time, is this your homework? <laughs> It's got your name on it. It's got your name is on it, it. Is it, is it. Of course, it's his fucking homework. <laughs> <It> flips out.
1: <laughs> you want a toe? I'll
0: get you a toe. I'll get you a toe in an hour. <laughs> get you a toe by three p.m. Yeah. <laughs> he's right. The crazy thing is, he's fucking right. <laughs> it's so crazy. That movie's great, man. Um, four twenty. Phase it. Signed newbie. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, for fucking Dudas uh, priests. I, I love it. How many friends wanted a a Big Lebowski-themed wedding? That's a lot. More than two is a lot, I feel like. Yeah, that's... I don't know. People love the Big Lebowski, though. And if I could just wear, like, a robe in my underwear to a wedding, I would do it. Yeah, that would be cool. I wore a tuxedo with a bow tie and uh, <laughs> Chuck Taylors. <laughs> You write a check for cream for 69 cents. <laughs> what? In the beginning of the movie, he buys the cream oh, fuck, and he yeah. writes a fucking check for 69 oh, yeah. cents. That's a great opening, though. Like, that it's tells so you everything smart, yeah. you need to know about the dude. It's so smart. Yep. I thought, <laughs> he's He didn't build the fucking railroads, Walter. <laughs> he pissed on my carpets. <laughs> the carpet pissers do this? <laughs> <laughs> to call them the carpenters <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, don't be afraid of watch- these men. Are nihilists? They believe in nothing. We, we should watch that movie too for uh, when we watch I'll just movies. Be cackling laughing. I know we won't even be coherent. <laughs> we'll just be like talking about how good it is. Uh, we did get an email from Kamikaze Gnome where he asked if we watch Red Dwarf, and I have, but Josh hasn't, so we're gonna have to skip it. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but um it's on something, right? Is it on Netflix or something? I, I don't know. I watched Red Dwarf on PBS growing yeah. up because it came on like the Red Green show came on, uh-huh. which I still fucking love, and then Red Dwarf came on afterwards and I watched it and I was astounded that there was just a sci-fi show on PBS. Yeah. And it was super filthy. Yeah, it's British, right? Yeah. So they're like He calls him Smegheads all the time. Like I knew what Smeg was. Gross. heads Yeah. Man. Yeah, I watched I watched all Up to the Matt Smith uh Doctor Who's. Uh I watched all of Up to Matt Smith. So that was good. Like it's kinda like Red Dwarf. Red right? Dwarf is like a parody of sci fi. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's one hundred percent a comedy. It's just yeah. set in a sci fi setting. I see. The last human on Earth is like just some fucking piece of shit, cockney bastards. <laughs> he's like disgusting and everyone hated him when they were all alive. <laughs> There's a great oh, bit at the man. beginning where he wakes up and he's like, he's talking to the computer and he's like, where is everybody? And the computer's like, everybody's dead, Dave. <laughs> no, not Rimmer. Everybody's dead, Dave. The captain? The captain's dead? Everybody is dead, Dave. And it goes on for like a couple minutes as he walks around the ship and it shows everything. Yeah. And finally the computer's like, everybody is dead, Dave. They are dead. All of them are dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. (laughs) And he's like, so what you're telling me is everybody's dead? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, This show is so fucking funny. Uh, thanks for the email, though, Kamikaze Gnome. I'm sorry that we can't get too heavy into it. Because I'm an idiot. He's just never seen it. I haven't seen a lot of things that are. Like Battlestar Galactica. Like uh, the fucking Walker Texas Ranger. Um, <laughs> I've seen that. Um, Do you know he time travels in that show? He time travels? That's what someone was telling me. Uh, forgive me if it's somebody who listens to this who was telling me about that. But somebody was telling me that he time travels in that show, and he goes back in time to like old Texas, you like know, I don't railroad that. Texas. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Tell and you he that ha- at all. and he has like gun, like like a a modern day guns, right? So he's completely guns- unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, so he's like the, the fucking Terminator, apparently. So, uh, our next email is from Lee. Hello, Lee, and it is entitled "Star Trek Costume Designs." Oh yeah. Hey, Trek boys, I got a quick question for you. Based Hi. on the fact that costume designs continue to evolve as designers hone their craft, what are your favorite and most hated costume designs from a Star Trek TV show? Excluding movies, because they tend to have a much bigger budget. I'd love to hear your thoughts regarding alien design. Okay, this is a super... I think we've talked about this before. Maybe a little bit. He does warn us to take into account the time period they were made in. The Gorn is ridiculous, but during that time in TV, yeah. it's not half bad. It's actually genuinely really good for that time on television. Yeah, I think every time this comes up, I always talk about Daniels' outfit from the future, and it's, like, this really cool, like, cable-knit sweater, skin-tight onesie that, like, (laughs) it looks like something out of, uh, like, fucking Edward Scissorhands or some shit, but it, like, it just looks really cool. And I don't know why I like it so much, but, like... I don't know. My my least favorite outfits are the new Discovery outfits, with the fucking like, the bridge between the TOS oh, the outfits. Oh, are like yellow and yellow yeah, and stuff. I, I I do not I, I like those. I like those better than the regular ones, actually. The regular ones I like better because of the Enterprise tie. True. It sort of looks like that. I kind of like that more, even though it makes no fucking sense that like. All these ships have different uniforms. Like, why are they no, different it uniforms? Make any sense. It makes no sense. It's so that sucks. But my favorite, I think, are the DS Nine gray, oh, the yeah. gray top ones. Yeah, we yeah. talked about like Starfleet uniforms and what we liked best before. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about aliens because I mean, everybody knows TNG is my favorite. Like, I love the TOS ones as well, and yeah, I, I love all of them except I don't like how baggy the Voyager one is, and I don't care for the TNG right. season one. Yes. But um I the scant. I, I love Klingons. I love Klingons yeah. so much. Like TNG yeah. onward Klingons, like even the movies as well, but like we can't talk about them. We were forbade. Oh, uh, we were forbade. <laughs> <to> <laughs> the TNG Klingons okay. have this aesthetic to them that is one hundred percent cohesive. Like Yeah, it's great. It works perfectly it tells you everything you need to know about them at a glance it's perfect yep. costume design and there's enough variation between different characters wearing the same outfits that there's personalization to each character yeah like. no no outfit looks the same which is really crazy right like especially in a television show like you'd think Oh well they just have the outfit for these guys. Like they did in the original Star Trek. Yes. Was they just wear this weird Klingon y outfit. <laughs> right, and they all wore it. There's like um there, there are like specific decisions being made in these costume designs that I think are genius. Like yeah. Worf wears his baldric, his like sash, right? And that yeah, is built into every Klingon uniform. They're wearing yeah. the same sash. Right, they all have it. That's genius. That's like that's yeah, world building. It's it's great. It's fucking amazing, yeah. And I find that I find that like incredible like design-wise. Klingons are probably my favorite alien design in Star Trek. Yeah, I would say that that TNG has a lot of really good design. Like I like the Romulans the way they look oh, too. Oh dude, they're super militaristic looking. Like hyper military Vulcans. Like yeah. that's what like it's everything is simple Logical, but like pronounced in like a Nazi-esque kind of way, you Sorry. know? Like it's very, like, a aggressive looking, like that's cool. I was gonna give a huh. shout out to TOS Romulans, cause they have these yeah. like incredibly cool like tunics with sashes. Yeah, they're like the yellow and green tunics. Yeah, They have like a, this purple sash with like black markings That like everything is very ornate on their yeah. uniforms and very they have these really stupid helmets that I find hilarious that look like somebody shoved an orange on top of their head. They look like that cat meme yeah. with the orange on its head. Mm-hmm. I find those <laughs> hilarious but i do find the regular outfits they wear to look super fucking cool yeah yeah the romulans are cool they did they did they do a good job on like the adversaries True. in the in the show i like i know we're not supposed to talk about the movies but the borg and when the borg well, the borg are on the show <laughs> yeah i like the borg from the films though i like how they're more like um they're, like, moist. Like, you can see... Oh, yeah, like, they look gross. They look like, like how you would think a zombie would look. So that's kind of neat. And, and I like the Klingons from... When they first introduced, like, the 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 ridges on their heads. Yes. In, in the first movie. You're like, oh. Like, that's when you're like, oh. Yeah, that's a Klingon. Dude, I'm sitting <laughs> here, like, debating with myself now whether I like Klingons' designs better or Ferengi. I don't... <sighs> Ferengi's are cool, Ferengi, but they're... Ferengi tell you everything you need to know just by looking at them. They're yeah, they're incredibly m- ostentatious, garish, the they have no yeah. taste. Again, this is all fantasy shit, right? Yeah. Like, they're they're, they're the merchants. They're the goblins, yeah. yeah. The, the Klingons are the fucking uh, orcs slash, like, Nord, Nord right? Yeah. They're all... Wearing fur and shit, you know. The uh, um, I love the movie Klingon outfits because they have fur in them very heavily. Yes, the fur, the fur is my favorite. I like. I that I wish a they lot. would bring that back. But um, in the game, man, you get all kinds of like, fur ass Klingon shit. Yeah. The uh, like the Ferengi are—they're wearing gold shit in different places all over. Yeah. them. they have everything has a, gl- a, a clashing pattern because patterns show that you're well to do. Right. It's like. <laughs> like i don't even know what some of the patterns are yeah, like they're like tiny. windows 95 screensaver pattern <laughs> they're like uh, trapper keeper patterns yeah like like fucking like liz frank shit or whatever like uh <laughs> they they're like short they're like weak looking but they're like they have this viciousness underneath and you see that in the teeth when they show the teeth they're yeah, all they're, sharp yeah and it's just visually They also are, uh, heads, Literally. Literally. And their character. (laughs) Sometimes the subtle makeup works really well. Like, I've always, like, I love Vulcans, everybody knows, and I love the, like, the subtle makeup used to make Vulcans look kind of strange. Like, they have a green hue, and they have, like, this darkness under their eyebrows. Yeah, they have sunken eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. The the prosthetic ears always look perfectly natural they look great pers- right and so i've seen some cosplays that have really great elf ears oh yeah but most of the time you see them and you're like nah it doesn't look right you just some people literally just shove the elf ear part on and don't on. seal it at all they got to you got to make up the elf ear to match your ear skin yeah. you can't I guess just, just, just like they just don't really it, give a shit too much yeah they just like it's good enough yeah i would say <laughs> i still think klingons are my favorite design wise I think they're the most thought-out and well-done one also. true. There's a um, a uniform. They go to the planet where, like, there's a police state in TNG, and they have those yeah. blue uniforms that, like, yeah are, like, uh, they're super, like, uh, not even. They're, uh, I've, I'm a fucking, asymmetrical. Okay. I was yeah, like, I, I yeah. went to college for this. Not They're even. asymmetrical. And, um... They're like the police uniforms that they wear, and they're super fucking cool, to the point where they started having Vulcans wear them later. Just with yeah, the, they just brought them back. Just with, like, the, um, the Vulcan, like, saying in metal letters down the front instead. I love that outfit. Uh, green blood, green bud? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, when am I getting my tattoo of that? You gotta get it. <laughs> I do. I think I do. I need to get the... The triangle with the... The tringle? The thing. What's it fucking called? The fucking... The idic thing. Yeah, the idic. I need that. Yeah. I'm trying to get the, the, like, lettering they have on their uniforms all the time and on their clothing, the ones that mean, like, uh, patience, order, logic. Yeah. I'm trying to get that tattoo. That's cool. I need to get a... uh, I want to get a Nightingale tattoo, the logo. Dope. Yeah. Dope as fuck. At one point I wanted to get the dark sign from Dark Souls tattooed. Then I realized yeah. that was really edgy and emo-y. Are you so like, going to listen I'm, to the Black Parade after you get it? I get that you... tattoo and I'm like, I'm undead. <laughs> In the game, everybody <laughs> has it, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I mean, as long as you're going to go listen to like Hawthorne Heights afterward, I think you're good to go. going to dive into that My Chemical. Um, <laughs> MCR baby. My, uh, Lee says my personal favorite design is later season TNG and Deep Space Nine Cardassians. They look vaguely reptilian along with their uniforms, and they were originally meant to look villainous. I think they look yeah. good as an antagonist slash antihero design. Yeah, the the uh, Cardassian uniforms are really cool. Uh, the costume that I hate the most is the alien that kills Yar. You know, the tar monster. Not only is it basically a man in a gimp suit covered in black liquid, but also the fact that this is a critical episode for character development in the show. Could they not have done better? No. A John Luricat fun fact. Mm -hmm. The black liquid was a combination of black ink and Metamucil. Ugh. Ugh. So they just like dumped it on this thing and just were like, quick, shoot it! I think that thing's name is Armus. Armus, yeah. That was probably the worst ever. I don't know. There's the racist African planet designs. Yeah, that that show, that show episode uh, isn't looked at as the worst, uh, even though it probably should be. Yes. The Armus one is pretty bad. Because it's shamelessly bad. Like, it's just bad, it's right? It's just bad, bad. With no, like... It's no, not bad for a specific yeah. reason. It's just it's bad. It's all all bad, yeah. <laughs> That's hard to yeah. beat. Like, Armus is tough to beat when it comes to terrible monster designs like... It's lazy. You can't get a great monster design like Nagilam every time. No, it can't be home runs like Nagilam. <laughs> and Babilam. Oh man, fuck! I, I love Babilam. I didn't know we could f- improve on perfection, but Babilum is it. We gotta get that merchandise out. <laughs> Roll out the Babilum merch. Star Trek babies, they'll phase <laughs> your dreams come true. Do-do-do-do. Star Trek babies. Um, McGillum is my boo. (laughs) I don't know, like... There's a lot of bad... Well, honestly, like, every civilian outfit in Star Trek history looks like garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the time... He said not accounting, or maybe he said accounting for time period. The 90s, like, that 90s earth-tony, like... Like, uh, like they kind of thought, like, in the 90s, because, like, hippies were back in the 90s, right? They were like, well, in the future, like, these are future hippies, so they would wear, like, earth tones, but it would look like the future like, <laughs> and it was all like high waisted high knee high like almost like flood like flood jeans you know like like Jake Cisco wears like really high like like uh pantaloons wears, sort of <laughs> Jake Cisco wears overalls all the yes. time but they're just he's like they're future tailored overalls. To look like yeah. pants and shirt yeah, yeah. it's like it's like Huckleberry Finn as fuck <laughs> he is fishing in the first episode he is It's. I think it's on purpose I think it Probably. did it on purpose it's but, like there yeah. are a lot of like goofy ass looking aliens like the Benzites the like fish dudes with the harmonica in front of them look pretty goofy the the uh, dry ice harmonica yes <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> don't I, put I have your lips say Armus is freeze. my least favorite design <laughs> Yeah, that one's so bad I didn't even consider it, because it's, it's, like, hands down terrible. It's just, just fucking bad. Like It's really, like, no matter how you feel about Tasha Yar and how glad you are that Worf got to shine as a character, like, how dis-fucking-respectful to that character. It's, she just it's got bad. slapped by a tar monster, and that's what killed her. It's like that's when the show was like, "Look, we gotta fix shit, or we're gonna fail." Right? Yeah. This is that's so that's probably the good. lowest point. Yes. The show ev- the show has, and immediately after that, the show gets better. Weirdly, I don't yeah. know how to explain it. It's you're probably right. Like they had that episode and they finished it and they saw the response and thought, "Oh my god, we have we gotta, to sh- we have to shape up or they're we gonna gotta ship fix us this." Out. Yeah, we gotta fix this. <laughs> And it's it's a shame cuz Tasha Yar was a fun interesting character like and she was yeah. she was a female uh, like a badass female take charge security chief at a time when there was none of that shit. I see a lot of uh Cara Dune, uh, Gina Carano in Mandalorian. I see a lot of Yar like oh. somebody was like oh Tasha Yar but like Star Wars. Like that's what I see. That's cool. Yeah. Like Denise Crosby did not want to be on Star Trek anymore. She she thought it was a waste of time and the writers' room let her know that they thought that was shitty, but unfortunately Whoops. that lives forever should have stuck around. <laughs> yes. She left to do Pet Cemetery. I remember. Uh, I remember. That didn't make her career like she thought it was going to. Well, uh, Dr. Crusher, Bever Bev as her friends well, call the her. Dr. Crusher. Uh, the Crusherator, she left to do uh, a bit part in uh, the Hunt for Red October. I think oh, she's the it, wife. It was a movie, I guess. She's Jack Ryan's wife. She's in it for one scene, I think. <laughs> what did she, did she? I couldn't imagine what she would look like with good, like, movie makeup because she, she looks was the already, same. She's she already similar. so beautiful and like terrible TNG makeup. That lighting is not doing anyone any favors no, on that it's show. Not. <laughs> It's bad, bad lighting. It's McFadden uh, hunt for red October. We're gonna do some uh, search engine optimization here. <laughs> she does look exactly the same. Never mind. Yeah, she looks. She looks <laughs> straight off the set of. She's Sartre. still beautiful, but um, <laughs> thank you for that email, Lee. You you brought out our true hatred of Armus, and for that we appreciate. <laughs> um. Let's, let's see what our next email is, everybody. Who is it by? Our next email is from Yakub, Yakub And it is entitled, I'm crazy. I'm giving away money. Whoa. <laughs> Whoever was around on the M-Class Discord on February 28th, 2019, might remember an impromptu Fat Thursday pledge drive. How could I forget that date and time? The, ru- <laughs> the rules were simple. Eat a donut. I increase my pledge by one green one. Oh boy. Many people participated. Special mention to Pizza Man who scarfed down a dozen donuts in 7 minutes right before the buzzer. That's extremely unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. He lived. I guess that's all that matters. Uh, 7 like actual size donuts like Jesus. Like, are they are they Dunkin' donut size cuz they're a little smaller? Um, the total increase in pledge came to $50 thanks to Desrath matching my cont- my contribution. So 25 <laughs> donuts were eaten. Alright, well, are we doing this again? Because I'll do it. Does it count if I do it? Uh, For those not in the know, Fat Thursday is a Polish way of celebrating Carnival ending. In addition of Mardi Gras or Shrove Tuesday. It is celebrated by eating sweet pastries. This year it falls on February 20th. As a resident Pole, I kindly invite all the M-Class podcast listeners to join the Discord and celebrate with me. The 2020 Fat Thursday Patreon pledge drive rules are as follows. Okay. On Fat Thursday, February 20th, post a photo of yourself eating a sweet pastry on the M-Class Discord, and Jakub will increase his Patreon pledge by $1. Oh, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get a dozen donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, There is no need to include full face in the picture. Polish ponczki... Or the suggested pastry, but anything available and diet friendly also counts. I appreciate uh, you giving me <laughs> a little bit of a well, diet friendly, as in don't eat something that'll kill you. I mean, like you're allergic to. Oh oh oh! Uh, thanks okay. for the pronunciation uh, pronunciation for punch punchki. Yeah, because uh, I don't know words. We we don't know how to. The drive I... begins and ends at midnight Polish time, which is GMT plus one. Oh, You're right. smart so people, what? <laughs> you'll figure it out. So it's like uh, uh, fucking February 19th at like 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's when it begins or ends? It begins? If it starts at midnight Polish time. Join the Patreon and either on the 19th or 20th post a photo of yourself eating a sweet pastry and the way you join that Patreon is heading to the way you join that Discord yes is by heading to patreon.com/mclasspodcast and you gain access for $1 a month. Amazing. Uh yours instant of doe Yakub, the USS Ponchek King. The USS Ponchek King. Nice. Thank you Yakub. I will definitely get me some fucking donuts. I need some fucking donuts. Stick them in my mouth hole. Poop them out my butt. <laughs> God, that was my jam. <laughs> also, uh, copyright fucking donuts. Same font as Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Thanks for that email. Now I gotta tweet that from M Class. Let me do that real quick. <laughs> Our uh, next email. And our final email. I'm saving everybody else's emails who wrote in, so don't worry about that. I'll get to them. <laughs> but um, our last email is, of course, from Rich Masters in his alternate Picard season. This is episode four. Holy fuck, this is long, Rich. Okay, Holy um, shit. We're in for the long haul. Uh, whatcha, Trek Ladios? <laughs> Watch as this new pattern of weird English greeting becomes tired real quick. Already there? Cool. (laughs) I (laughs) want... I watched Picard's first episode. As you can see, I've gone a slightly different way with Picard, and while I like the first episode, though it's too early to say whether or not it'll be great, I won't be influenced by it. I'm sure there'll be some sort of crossover at points, but I think the main thing to remember is, I've already plotted the story, so I won't be changing it for anyone. Fuck yeah. I want your version, Rich. That's what I want. However, It's wh- not fair to say that, though, because I didn't actually watch the episode. That's true. It hit the... Well, I don't know. Rich's version is better anyway, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. However, what I will be doing... uh, What I will be doing, I'm making some reference to their own continuity they established in the 2007 Countdown comic published before JJ Trek. Comics that they assured everyone was canon. In that comic, Data had been restored in B4's body and was the captain of the Enterprise-E. Now that the series is straight up ignoring that fact, it seems... Anyway, who am I to argue for continuity? Uh, a Star Trek fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that comic and I was like, cool, this is awesome. Yeah, too bad it's not canon anymore. Oh, uh, but uh, just kidding, it's not real. Cool. Previously on alternate Star Trek Picard, Picard has assumed a crew. Picard has assembled a crew to protect the young Dodge, Seven of Nine, Hugh, and a pair of Binar from the Collective, along with former First Officer Rafi Musica, his dog, Number One, and the villainous Lore. Damn. The Binar Alpha gives his life to help destroy an awakening Borg cube coveted by Admiral Graham, helping the crew escape. Admiral Graham and her Borg-slash-Data hybrid, Commander Progeny, are chasing Picard and his crew, but have to turn back when the ship takes refuge in the old Romulan neutral zone. Sweet. There, Fleet Admiral Sela, daughter of Picard's deceased security officer and the new leader of the Romulan military, is waiting to take the ship and her crew into custody. Yeah, I like this, because this is, like, how the game is. And now, the continuation... Rich, did you know that was a thing in the game? Did we ask you this? Can you respond uh, to me right now in real time, please? Yeah, please. It doesn't seem to say in the email. I'll ta- he, I'll didn't, take my... he didn't change it. Okay. <laughs> if you if you hear this, tweet at me and Josh and tell us that whether you're doing some of this stuff because you knew it was that way in the game or not. Yeah, or if it's an accident and it just makes sense. Maybe the game makes total sense? Maybe the game's actually better than the shows (laughs) uh-oh uh Uh, the crew except for picard sit in a communal holding cell Hugh is angry saying it's been six hours why haven't they returned picard or at least interrogated the rest of them seven and beta work on the doors, doors security panel to no avail seven asks lore for help but he refuses saying that he doesn't want to offend any potential future ally ally more like potential target replies beta damn (laughs) lore sneers setting his eyes on dodge what's the difference he says (laughs) oh rafi sits next to dodge and grabs her hand as number one places his head in her lap dodge jumps at the shock and rafi asks where she was dodge says that she was trying to make a connection with picard but all that she can feel is pain oh no an exhausted Picard is forced into a chair by Romulan soldiers, his face covered in cuts and bruises. He looks up only to find he is in a senate chamber that bears a striking resemblance and layout to the old senate on Romulus. Though this is a colder, starker, with no... Although this is colder, starker, with no art or sculpture. Eleven Romulans sit in robes behind a long curved desk. A female Romulan speaks first. Welcome to the new Romulan empire, Admiral Picard. Damn. Picard notices the pin that the Romulans are wearing, the symbol of the Tal Shiar. Mm -hmm. I do not recognize your government. Yep. The Romulan explains that this empire remains loyal to the old ways that have not flocked back to the Vulcans like vagrants seeking reunification. It is rare for this new council to meet, but none of them could turn down the chance to meet Jean-Luc Picard, destroyer of Romulus. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Picard protests, but he is slapped around the face by Fleet Admiral Selah, who stands next to him. Why are you in Romulan space, Picard, she demands. He r- simply responds, to repay a debt to an old friend. <laughs> Title, Things Best Forgotten. Nice. In 2386, seven years after the events of Star Trek Nemesis, and 13 before the events above. That's right, it's flashback time. Play the. I love music. a flashback. Play the heart music, Jeff. <laughs> Admiral Picard sits in his quarters aboard the USS Helios. What? On Star Trek Skype with Chancellor Martok. <laughs> <laughs> Picard asks the grizzled old Klingon how he is, only for the Klingon to respond with a coughing fit. Martok reveals the clot lung infection is entering its final stages, and he's oh cursed God. by burden of leadership to die on a throne instead of on the battlefield. Well, why don't you just go out and fight somebody and die? Enough of me, he demands. How does your own throne fit? <laughs> Poorly, Picard admits. Although running Starfleet Academy is a great honor, he misses the diplomacy, the adventure, the exploration. Martok tells his friend that it is the curse of the old to see their influence and world diminish, that Picard's battlefield is the unknown itself, an unbeatable opponent. Oh uh, man, I would give any amount of money to see this on the show. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I know I would Picard love Mar- Martok. Yeah, just, he, he probably knows him. That's fine. <laughs> they all know everyone. Everyone knows everybody. That's fine. I'm just happy to see Martok again, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I love Martok. I know. Picard tells Martok that he could use some assistance. That the Helios' trip, the Helios' trip to Romulan space, would be a lot more comfortable if he knew that Martok had some Klingon ships amassed at the border in case of need of a speedy retreat. But Martok regretfully declines. All may be well in the Alpha Quadrant for the first time since the early 2370s, after wars with the Klingon Dominion and then the revenge-fueled Breen forces. Oh, but the man. Klingon Empire is in decline, ravaged by overextension. Huh. Picard asks the Chancellor again to consider Federation membership, but Martok seems more intent on independent extinction. If we die, we die on our feet, not propped up by a crutch. (laughs) Oh, Klingons, you're gonna join it eventually. Just get it over with, pull the Band-Aid off. That's Klingon as fuck, though. Yeah, it is. It's like, we're not doing it, and then like, okay, we'll do it. (laughs) Martok wishes his friend good fortune and ends the call. Picard proclaims loudly that there's no point eavesdropping anymore, and Lieutenant Commander Rafi Musiker enters the room without a hint of shame. I told you, JL, she says. Klingon pride and all. Picard admits that it was a long shot, but he'll try to assist the Klingon Empire whenever the opportunity presents itself. The only two powers with any real political clout left are the Federation and the Romulans, but both powers are seriously depleted in terms of ships and people with billions of lives lost on both sides after nearly 15 years of war. Damn. Rafi doesn't see the point of needing contingency plans, given that relations between the Romulan Empire and the Federation are the most cordial they've ever been. Romulus has recently s- <laughs> That's a good word for it. Yeah. Romulus has recently set up an embassy on Earth, and the Helios is on their way to set up its counterpart. Picard tells Rafi that she's going to serve as his assistant. She must remember... That while she seems to have a short memory, the Romulans have famously long ones. <laughs> and to stop calling him JL <laughs> <laughs> With a laugh she departs. Yeah, like her. Telling him that the captain has called into the bridge. They're about to enter Romulan space. <laughs> 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 On the bridge, the the ship's CO, Captain Amberson, Tells Picard that a science team will be beaming down with them. That the Romulans have requested it. Picard seems surprised. This is a standard diplomacy mission, but beams down to the agreed coordinates regardless. With the t- when the team arrives on Romulus, they are met by Ambassador Spock. Hey, what's up, Spock? How, how are they gonna do this one? <laughs> how are um, they could have put him in it. Yeah, you know, robots, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> who is now full Federation ambassador to the Star Empire. He's lived on the planet ever since they first met and has helped to usher in a period of peace between both parties. Spock welcomes his friend and tells him to join an emergency session of the Senate. Picard is aghast. A human allowed in a closed Senate hearing? Oh, last time somebody was there, they released some fucking crazy radiation and everyone died. Yeah, it didn't turn out great for him. It wasn't great. It was pretty much this guy, too, actually, when you think about yeah, it. yeah, Spock says that this is the direst of events and that it requires some rational heads. In the hearing, Fleet Admiral Sela objects to the, presen- uh, the presence of Picard, stating that allowing a foreign military into Romulan affairs of state is foolhardy. Spock informs Picard that she has been the most outspoken Senate member regarding the risk of Federation peace. Mm. Thankfully, a furious Selah is overruled. This won't come back to haunt us. No. Spot gives a full account of the situation with the Hobus Star, following a survey by the mining ship Narada and its mm. captain Eric Bana. That's the star that blows up. So I can't be bothered looking up Eric Bana's name. Bimo Near, near. Bemo. <laughs> I do remember now, but I'm committed to the bit. <laughs> Bemo. Oh, it's Bemo from. Oh man. Fucking okay, BIMO. Eric Bemo. So like in the game the and I think this is canon from the move the new movies, mm-hmm. the Hobus star blows up. Uh-huh. And that <laughs> and that sends like this uh, su- subspace shockwave out. They and kills that's Kirk's dad, yeah. And that kills Kirk's dad fucking up the entire universe forever. Crazy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hopus has unexpectedly entered a final stage of collapse for undetermined reasons, and would explode violently, taking the entire Romulan star system, along with Romulus and Remus, with it! It's the Tal Shiar, they did it. The Senate and Picard are horrified, but one of the Romulan Senators, Navir, suggests that Spock would not have called the Senate hearing unless he had already thought of a plan. Spock admits that he has a complete evacuation of the system and the use of a Vulcan solution called Red Matter to expunge the star's excess energy and return Hobus to normal. The Senate disbands to discuss. Red Matter? (laughs) We all all know about Red Matter, right? Yeah, I know this isn't Rich's writing, and he's doing a very good job of piecing together, much like the game does, The JJ-verse with the split in the actual universe. But Red Matter is the stupidest fucking name. It's like Dark Matter, but you know, red. It's red. (laughs) Uh, In private, Spock confides in Picard and Rafi that there's no time to wait for agreement. That he must go to Vulcan to procure the Red Matter. Picard explains that Spock could use the Helios, but it isn't exactly the fastest ship in the fleet. Spock tells Picard not to worry that he's already secured transportation.
1: The spinning ship.
0: The spinning ship. that It spins because it's fast. Captain Data, now fully restored to B-4's body, beams down to the surface that night and greets his old friends. Captain Picard asks how their ship is doing, to which Data responds, My ship, Admiral. (laughs) <laughs> instructing Picard and Mustager to stay on Romulus with the science team to search for other alternatives Spock and Data warp to Vulcan on the Enterprise to get an evacuation fleet oh I would kill to see this that's so fucking cool I would kill to see that uh, obtain the red matter and procure the ship that can get close enough to deploy it in the silence that follows their departure Picard can suddenly hear whispering Rafi talks to him but he can't hear her chattering in his ear he follows the noise to a blocked off area of the Senate building where the thick security door of Sela's private chamber blocks the way. Suddenly Picard receives word through Combadge that Navir wants to meet with him. What? He orders Rafi to get that door open, whatever it takes. She doesn't Damn. protest or quote Starfleet Protocol to him, but instead looks happy to be doing something risky. <laughs> JL cool. the rule breaker. Will uh, wonders cool. ever cease? She says. <laughs> Cool Crimes Inc. Everybody loves a cool crime. B E, the coolest crime. Navir welcomes Picard in for dinner. She tells the Admiral that the Senate vote is on a knife's edge. The preferred Romulan way is still secrecy and self-reliance. Sela's voice carries much weight, but whatever Navir can do for the real benefit of the Empire, she ensures Picard she will. Rafi is able to open the secure area in Sailor's Chambers, only to find deactivated Borg tech. Oh, no. And schematics suggesting the Romulans are seeking to rebuild their fleet with Borg Romulan hybrids. Yeah, good idea, guys. This'll never <laughs> bite you in the ass. This is a good idea. Keep doing this idea. She calls Picard to inform him, and he brings Navir along to show her the atrocities. Navir says that the augmenting of Romulan flesh, considered perfect by Romulans, is against the laws of their world, and to, and to be experimenting with any Borg tech, is treason. Uh-oh. Spaghettios. <laughs> when the Senate reconvenes, Navir informs the Senate of Sailor's treachery, and she is promptly ejected, but transports back to her ship and warps away before she's able to be contained. Bye! With the biggest anti- (laughs) Bye-bye! Later! With the biggest anti-Federation voice gone, Ambassador Spock's plan is improved. The Romulans will accept Federation help to subvert disaster. Navir tells Picard to return to the Helios and await further obstructions. Picard and Rafi go on the transporter pad and beam up to the ship with their team. Bye! (laughs) Picard and Rafi arrive in a different location than they were expecting. (laughs) Before they can protest, they're beamed to another location, then another, where they finally stop. Rafi reaches for her phaser, but it's already been disabled in transport. And out steps the now senator Donatra, a bit of Dina Meyer for you, Josh. I know that name. Dina Meyer's back. Oh, Dina <laughs> Meyer, who <laughs> we lost last saw at the oh. battle to stop Shinzon. Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> and incensed, Picard demands to be returned to the Helios. But Donatra t- shows him a feed from one of Romulus's defense platforms the ship suffered a conveniently timed warp core breach and all 1,281 crew were killed by <laughs> including the science team they were beamed back with uh, well sucks. thanks for not saving them fuck them. <laughs> fuck em. over the next few hours Picard tries in vain to bypass the Romulan security net to get word to Starfleet as Donatra tries to rail sympathetic Romulan dignitaries to her side Many of the senators are being held captive or are not responding. She suspects Sela is planning a military coup. Damn it! They are She's able always to cooing. W- so fucking many fucking coos. Everybody is always cooing on this planet. What's Coop, up with that? Coop de everywhere. They're they're able to get word to a few, including Senator Naveen, who agree to meet them. In a secret location, the small grouping of Romulans talk of Sela's rogue element and the threat to a preserved peace for Romulus. When everyone arrives, Donatra lays out her plan to activate those in the military they can trust to help the Federation with the evacuation, and Hmm. ground those that harbor anti-Starfleet opinions. With that, this is this is dark. This is (laughs) some dark shit. Yeah, fucking ground them into the ground. Yeah, into the Um, dirt. With that, Navir beams in enough troops to detain all of the senators. Naveer admits it is she, the new head of the Tal Shiar that has ordered for the Romulans to start building Borg-Romulan hybrid technology <laughs> that planted the evidence in Salas' chambers to incriminate her. Damn. She wishes to utilize the Borg as a means to restore Romulan standing in the universe. Even with an evacuation before Hobus explodes, the loss of Romulan territory would be a catastrophic challenge to their authority. The Tal Shiar have been moving sympathetic people, equipment, and cultural artifacts out of the blast zone for years to a secret location. Uh-oh. If any part of Romulan heritage is to go on, it will be these proud torchbearers, not the capitulating democrat or di- diplomats. Sorry. Yeah, well, you got it right. (laughs) Uh, It's it's Freudian. Um, You got it right, yep. (laughs) But Navir admits, if Romulus must go into the creeping death, we will take as many Federation souls with us as we can. Our empires fall together. I mean, that's not going to... shit! She plans to accelerate the breakdown of Hobus to engulf not only Romulus and Remus, but the entire evacuation fleet. I motherfucking told you that that was going to (laughs) happen. The Tal Shiar have predicted that Starfleet would send at least 200 ships, and the destruction of those ships would cripple Starfleet. And now she will kill Picard and Rafi after conveniently explaining her plan to them nice. to keep her secrets. He didn't say that. I did. I'm, <laughs> I'm the little booger who said that. <laughs> um, she raises a disruptor only for the two Starfleet officers to be beamed out. Nice. Picard and Rafi rematerialize on the bridge of the IKS Grethor's Gate, the Klingon flagship commanded by Chancellor Martok. Damn cool. Picard thanks his old friend, who admits the call of battle was too great, just as the call of the unknown seemed to be too much for Picard. Yes! Navir sends two warbirds after the Picard. The Tal warbirds give chase and disable the Grethor's gate, only for two Klingon birds of prey to decloak and help in the fight. Navir, her plans failing, beam aboard her own warbird and instructs her assembled fleet to fire weapons at Hobus to wipe out all traces of the Hermachinations, then warp away. Hmm. The star shrinks, then starts to break down. As the shockwave destroys Romulus and is about to engulf the fighting ships, Martok orders Picard and Raffi to be beamed to one of the Birds of Prey and escape. Win your fight for me, Admiral. Martok's last words before his ship and, the t- and two of the warbirds are engulfed by the star's destructive force. Shit. Upon returning to Starfleet, Picard reports the use of Borg tech to an admiral who I can't be bothered to name. <laughs> <laughs> and the admiral confirms that it was Starfleet that gave Romulus the files on Borg technology, that it was the only way to secure their help in rebuilding infrastructure and, securely- and securing safety after the Breen Wars. Upon mm-hmm. hearing this, and Starfleet's accidental hand in the destruction of Romulus, Picard resigns with immediate effect. Whoa. Then Spock does the thing with the red matter that contains the rest of the destructive force, yada, 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 J.J. Trek. Nice. But I really love that. That's the best <laughs> wrap-up ever. Back in the present, the bloodied Picard explains that his promise is now kept, that he has cleared the name of someone betrayed by her own people and helped her bring those people into the open. Selah's forces surround the Senate and promises to imprison, not execute, them for their part in the destruction of Romulus and Remus, Hmm. then set Picard and his crew free. is a different person now, a much more tempered personality, one that may be able to rule her people with a gentler hand. She thanks Picard, lamenting that she wishes she had listened to him so many years ago. Picard tells her that her mother would be proud of her, just as he is. Wow. Sela's Romulan fleet have fully repaired the Stargazer, upgrading many of her systems and armaments before sending her on her way. In her last viewscreen communication with Picard, Sela asks that Picard not let Zealotry destroy his home as she did. As Picard closes the communications, he retires to his ready room after telling Rafi he's okay, stares out of his window, and closes his eyes. The fundamental problem of individuality, a voice whispers. So much confrontation. You remember? One voice. Irrefutable. Irrefu- irreproachable. Oh, God. When Picard opens his eyes, Locutus stares back in the reflection. Irresistible. To be continued. Oh, my God. That was great. Fuck. That ending was amazing. That's so good. Holy shit. Rich. I'm going to guess that you did play Star Trek (laughs) 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 Online. There's, if you didn't, you're remarkably close to, like, kind of what happens in the game. And that's a compliment. That's a fucking huge compliment. Oh, man. Yeah. Why isn't he writing the show? I know. I, I will say this. I guess Star Trek is an hour. You could probably fit all of this into an hour, right? Maybe? It seems like... Yeah, it might be a two-parter. Yeah, it seems like long for an hour. Yeah, it might be a a two-parter. Not just because I gotta read words and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. just a lot... Like, a ton of shit happens in this episode. Yeah, there's lots of things. But I love the flashback. That's great. I absolutely love the flashback. I love learning, like why Picard left and it's for a good reason as well. So is Navir that So in the game there's there the leader of the Tal Shiar now is is also Sila, which is mm-hmm. weird. Uh and also there's that um what's that remember that episode with the Romulan and they go to that planet and the, the Enterprise is stuck and the Romulan ship is stuck and that thing from the ancient ones is like draining them? Yeah. And there there's that romulan commander and she is in the game also as the lady who fucks the talish or the hobus star is that navir is that who navir is i don't remember her name star trek navir i try to look Uh, for it no such character exists okay okay (laughs) Yeah, he created her. So universe. he created. I was I because I don't remember her name. I was just wondering if if he did because if he did that, that's what the game does, and that's an incredible fucking coincidence if that were to. Die. But you're on like literally the same wavelength as like yeah that that's, story. That's what? something. This is something I ex- I extremely appreciate that Rich brings back characters that we love, but continuously introduces characters ones. that are new to the episode as well. Yeah, no, Rich. Is Rich is the what Star Trek needs. Like they need writers like this who like Star Trek and do what he does. Yeah, they like, don't need writers like this. They need Rich Masters. They need Rich Masters, right. Like, exactly. Master of writing. Best friend to Bev Crusher. <laughs> Only he can call her the Crushinator. Only he. <laughs> Uh, he, he finishes out the email by saying, Next week, back to the story. I just thought I needed to provide some context for the events. Keep your stem bolts sealed, boys. Rich, oh, man. captain aboard the USS Pitch Putt and Tacos. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Fuck, Rich. You, you really deserve the last name Masters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got nothing else. That's it. It's a Masters piece is what it is. <laughs> Literally, because he wrote it. I was excited to see Martok again. I, um, a lot of TNG season eight, richest TNG season eight, had characters returning mm-hmm. for cameos and stuff, and I like, like I still remember the, um, the fucking. I have so many words in my brain right now. The name, right? You always remember that one name yeah, of the I, new I rem- character. I remembered the name before. I've probably forgotten it at this point, but he was yeah. a um the founder's, like l- flunkies, the Vorta. No. The uh other ones. Jem'Hadar. Hadar. Jem Hadar. The Jeff Hadar. <laughs> the Jeff Hadar. The Je- the Jem Hadar who like sacrificed himself to save Picard. Yeah. And, like, the original characters that you create are, like, just as powerful as, like, it's cool to see characters we've seen before, and I love it, yeah. but I'm always excited to see the new characters that you come up with. Hire this man to write Star Trek. Give him a fucking job. like Yes, please. Seri- fucking seriously. Like, I'm not even fucking kidding. Like, give this guy a job. Because he knows how to write Star Trek, and this show needs people who like Star Trek again. It please people who understand what Star Trek is supposed to be. Yeah. Like, what differentiates Star Trek from other sci-fi is an extremely important thing to keep in mind the whole time you're writing Star Trek. Right. It's like the rules of Looney Tunes, right? Gotta yeah. follow them. Rules <laughs> of Star Trek, gotta follow them. Like, you can do almost anything in Looney Tunes, but there are, like, parameters there are rules. Yeah. that make it a Looney Tune. There has to be an irreverent sense of humor. You can't just make a cutesy cartoon. Right. Right. And, like, even the cutesiest cartoons from Looney Tunes still has a have a wacky, irreverent sense of humor to them. Yeah. It's... Ugh, man, I'm... Rich uh, gets it in a way that I extremely appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't watch the show. Like, I can't watch it. <laughs> you ruined it! So, thanks, I guess. For I mean, literally, thank you for s- saving me from having to, like, obtain the show that's, like, nearly impossible to watch without yeah. fucking paying stupid money for it. <laughs> it's It's a wild world out there where people are, like, defending that as well. They're, like... I've yeah, seen memes where people are, like, oh... They don't want to pay $12 a month for CBS All Access, but they'll pay $15 for a pizza? Yeah, well, yeah, one pizza, of them's food. Yeah, pizza <laughs> fucking keeps me alive when I eat it, idiot. Like... Yeah, I don't need television. I don't need it. Oh, man. I don't know, man. <sighs> I, I'm already getting that way with, like... So I got Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is like 6 bucks a month. And, like... What else is there on there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, You can watch the cool. Shaggy Dog. You could watch the Mr. Fish movie. There's so much to see. Like, there's nothing. Like, Netflix, like, makes new shit all the time, and it's generally, like, pretty fucking okay. Like, it's it ranges from, like, okay to, like, pretty great. Mm-hmm. But, like, Disney Plus is, like, well, The Mandalorian's done, so, like, I don't know. I guess I'll watch like Tron. (laughs) Like, you gotta wait for the next Mandalorian. Yeah. The next thing that they actually make. Yeah. When is that? When is that gonna happen, right? Yeah. They're doing all those Marvel shows, right? I don't know. Are they like cartoons? I don't know. No, they're TV shows, like with the movie actors. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're doing, um, uh, the uh, winter soldier and the falcon or something? Oh, that's, american and the falcon or something? That's going to be a, a show, it's, not a movie. It's, it's bucky and the, and the falcon and they're doing WandaVision with uh Scarlet Witch and the Vision and they're doing some other one. WandaVision Vision, Loki. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> well, WandaVision, I don't know what it's going to be like. They should have just <laughs> He's dead. Wanda- Well, he'll be back. Like, he's a robot. But (laughs) But is it going to be a prequel? Is it going to be before the things happen? I don't know. See, there's a comic called The Visions that this is based on, where The Vision decides he wants to find out what it's like to be a human being and have a family. Yeah, he kind of does that in the movies, right? They kind of go, like, sneak away and become, like, this weird. No, he makes a family. He literally creates four robots, a wife and a daughter and a son. This is weird. it is weird. It's weird as fuck. The whole comic is about how that doesn't work. He created right. these people to fulfill this role for him, but they have the same amount of autonomy he does, right, but can't. they don't understand the world at all. Right. And shit keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse as the comic goes along because of it. Oh, so man. it might be based on that. <laughs> oh, Vision. That comic is great. It's like super good, but like, I don't yeah. know how they can translate that into a show. Yeah, well, if you get CBS All Access, you can watch Blue Bloods. I love Blue Bloods. I love it when cops beat people. It's (laughs) so good. CBS, the cops broadcasting station. Fuck, I sure love my boys in blue. I love them. CBS, cops and boomer station. That's what it is. I I called it the boomer. I called it the, I called NBC the national boomer. That's really weird. I never heard you say that. And I said the CBS was that. That's funny. I called NBC National Boomer Communications or something last night. <laughs> that's fucking weird, man. <laughs> We're, like, weird. Um, that's it for emails this time. I'm saving people's emails that have sent in that I didn't read this time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I had to read Rich's fucking War and Peace. Go thank him. Uh, no, I love Who's War and Peace? <laughs> um, what's a book? is that like an ipad oh i gotta read uh pass <laughs> uh so i'll i'll be reading those on the air next time because um, they none of them were very specific to the episode we listened to i think so it can be read at any time um you can send in more if you want i'll just read the newest one or whichever one is cooler yeah So, you can send those emails in to mclassemail at gmail.com. Holla at your boys. Holla at your boys. And you can find us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Fuck yeah, do that. And on Patreon. Go to the Patreon and give us money and you'll get more shows.
1: Patreon.com
0: slash mclasspodcast. I couldn't have said it better myself. I practiced that in the mirror last night. (laughs) (laughs) You should definitely head to our Patreon, though. You get tons of content and you get more of us. And for oh, as yeah. low well as a buck. One greenie. That's what we call them here, right? Greenies. Little green boys. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Thanks, Josh, for being my friend. And thanks to Kevin for being a guest on the show. <laughs> we'll see you next time on M Class Email. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye.